Thank you, Mark, for leading us, and thanks, Lindsley, for going along with a song that's a little different. I don't know if we sung that since I have been here, but uh, good morning, Lindsley Avenue. Good to see everybody. It's good to have some people back. We have been missing for some time. We're so glad you're okay and back with us. And glad to have some visitors passing through here on their way home. Uh, we are always very happy to have anyone here as we seek to worship God on this first day of the week. And uh, good morning to our family and friends at the Knowles. We'll be seeing you all just a little bit later. We're on the home stretch in our series of studies that we've been doing on It All Adds Up. We've got brotherly kindness today, and we'll finish it either next week or the week after. We're trying to decide whether to do a switcheroo with our fifth Sunday this month. But we're getting very, very close. And as we start with the lesson today, uh, if there's any young people who would uh, not feel embarrassed about coming down front, we're going to do something special again. Max is already up. We're going to do something special again. So come on up if you want to, right over here. I'm going to turn this so it points at you guys. All right, so we're talking about brotherly kindness this morning. And we're going to do one of these again. It all adds up. So we've got, yes, the famous Dollar Tree calculators out once again. I'm going to give one to each of you. And if you need to sit with someone to help you, you may need to be really sitting with someone today. Because rather than looking for words on the screen, I want you to add one each time you hear me use the word kindness. Kind, kindly, anything that's got kind in it. So if I say, we all need to be kind to one another, plus one, right? You need to be kindly. If you're kind, do a plus one, okay? So if you want someone to help, you can look around. We'll just have people raise their hands if they're willing to help you back there. All right, so if you need some help or want some help, there's not going to necessarily be a wrong answer. I don't know how anybody's going to get it perfect. But I want to know how many times you heard the word kind or something that had kind in it this morning. Okay? So hop on back and sit. That's what we'll do. You can play along as well if you want to here in the auditorium. And we'll see how it goes. spot. All right, so we're going to see how things go here this morning. Uh, picking up with what we've been doing, remember, it's not what's on the screen, it's what I say. So you don't have to look for the word, you just got to listen for the word. So far it should be zero. Picking up again with our reading that Phil did for us today, for this very reason, giving all diligence, putting some effort into it, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. We're studying these qualities because these are qualities we should possess as members of God's family. Do we have them? That's been my question each week as we've been going through this study. Do I have the kinds of qualities that God expects his children to have? As his children, much like our own children, sometimes to our dismay, do they tend to grow and reflect their parents 
And that terrifies some of us as parents because we know we make mistakes and we see habits that we don't like in ourselves sometimes showing up in our children. It's funny, I can hear my son laugh and when I laugh, I laugh pretty much the same way. I wonder where he learned that. He learned that from me. Well, we should be learning and more and more as we grow, reflect qualities that our Father has. That's the key to our study here. What does God want his children to be? So this morning, let's jump right in. The word translated brotherly kindness in the original is a word we've all heard before because the word is Philadelphia in the original. It means love of the brothers. And in fact, in New Jersey, that's the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. But in the Bible, what does it mean? How is it used in the Bible? What does it mean to show brotherly kindness or brotherly love in the New Testament? Certainly, it involves kindness. Jesus provides a great example of what's meant by that. Look at this selection here from Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Jesus climbed a hill and sat down. Large crowds came and brought many people who were paralyzed or blind or lame or unable to walk. They placed them and many others in front of Jesus, and he healed them all. Everyone was amazed at what they saw and heard. People had, who had never spoken before could now speak. The lame were healed. The paralyzed could walk. The blind were able to see. Everyone was praising the God of Israel. He healed disabilities. That's what he did. After this, he had compassions on the crowds who were tired. He then fed them. Jesus took action. He was kind. We can learn from what Jesus did. If we see someone who is thirsty, find a way to get them some water. We see someone who is hungry, feed them. We see someone who is tired, try to make them less tired. Try to help them. That's really what we're talking about, is having a heart of compassion. Caring enough about each other, even if we don't know people very well, caring enough to do something. Now, Jesus, as the Son of God, knew everybody that was brought and put in front of him, okay? Granted, miraculous powers, but it's very unlikely that Jesus, the man, in any of his earthly life, had met everyone. Did that matter? Oh, I've seen you before. You're over in the village of Cain, not too far away. Bring him up. I know him. I'll be nice to him. I'll be kind to him. He didn't do that. People who were brought in front of him who needed help, he simply helped them. I think we can learn from that. In Romans 12, verse 10, Paul tells us, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. I think this is a very interesting verse because it ends with the word Philadelphia. When you see brotherly love over there, that's that same word that's in our passage in 2 Peter 1. Brotherly love is translated here. Over in 2 Peter, it's translated brotherly kindness. Do that from time to time. But in this case, it ends with brotherly love. Look how it starts. It starts with kindly affectionate. That's the word that means love of family. So it ends with brotherly love, 
it begins, if you will, with family love. Family love is a broader term where you're supposed to care about family. Sure, if you've got brothers or sisters, I suspect, like me, from time to time there's conflict between brothers and sisters. Why? I guess because we're always there. There's this competition between brothers, brothers and sisters, sisters and sisters, whatever it may be. But that all gets forgotten the moment a brother or sister is in trouble, needs something. The, the classic illustration, right, is you, you see two brothers kind of fighting at each other, smacking at each other, and then someone comes up from outside and starts picking on one of the brothers, and immediately that's all forgotten, and the other brother's in there trying to protect his brother. Why? We're family. We're family. Families laugh together. They cry together sometimes. They hug. I know some of us may not like hugs, but that's what family does. You walk up somebody, a brother or sister you haven't seen in a year and a half. Hi there. Good to see you. No. You're supposed to be affectionate toward members of the family. They hug. It's what it is. We must love each other because we are members of one family. We are not strangers. We cannot be strangers to each other because we have the same Father, one Father, God. With God being our Father, we are family. And we need to be kindly affectionate. We need to show affection because we're family members and we need to show affection because we are brothers and sisters. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 10. Now concerning brotherly love, that's that same word translated brotherly kindness over in 2 Peter. You have no need for anyone to write to you. You don't need any explanation. You don't really need any instruction about how to show brotherly and sisterly love to one another. Why? For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you were doing with all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Macedonia is in northern Greece. It's up where Philippi is located. It's up where Thessalonica and Berea are located. It's up in the north, much further north than Athens and Corinth. But these brothers and sisters in Thessalonica had been showing kindness and love to other Christians in their area by their actions. Why? Why had they been showing love to people in and around them by their actions? How did they know to do that? Paul says God had taught them. God had already showed them what they needed to do and how they needed to do it. How had God taught them? How had God showed them? Two verses from 1 John. In 1 John 4, 9, God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. I think I have life and I don't know Jesus, I'm really just kind of fooling myself. I may be moving, I may be walking around, but I'm not really alive. I'm, I'm really not existing in the way I'm meant to. God showed his love for us. God did not simply tell us he loved us. He showed it. Words are cheap. Right? I don't know how many times in history 
one person has told another person, oh, I love you, and it's just the words, not shown by actions. God showed it in perhaps the most close, intimate way he could by sending his own son to die to give us the opportunity of life. What does that do to us, for us? Look at this other verse from 1 John, 1 John 4, 19. We love because God first loved us. We love God because God loved us, but you can't get away from the fact that God's love toward us, his actions toward us, his actions of love and kindness toward us are showing us how to love one another. You remember our New Year's resolution from a couple years ago? Love God and love our neighbors. The reason we love our neighbors, the reason we love our brothers and sisters is because we have seen the love of God and the love of God is supposed to change us so that we now have that love of God that we share with other people. People in Thessalonica, the Christians up in Thessalonica in northern Greece, didn't need to have that explained to them because they had seen, they understood God's love for them and they couldn't keep it to themselves. They showed it with action toward their neighbors. Hebrews 13, 1 and then verse 3. I know Thurl will get to this on Wednesday night later on as we're going through Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says, let brotherly love continue. Don't let it stop. That's the same word translated brotherly kindness over in 2 Peter 1. Let it continue. Don't stop it. Keep it going. And then he gives something fairly practical here in verse 3 that's an example of this brotherly and sisterly love. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. Think about that for a minute. It can't be simply, oh, we, we pray that those in prison are able to be set free soon or that they, they're okay. We are to remember those who are in prison as if we are in there with them at the same time. That's the idea of understanding, sharing, caring about the people who are enduring captivity and those who were mistreated since you were also in one body. He's talking about brothers and sisters. If brothers and sisters are in prison, if they are in jail, then because we're family, matter whether the family is in prison, jail, or free, we're still family. And we need to remember, we need to care, we need to visit, care for those who are in prison. Whether they're in prison for something they did and are serving the consequence of that, or whether they're in there perhaps falsely, doesn't matter. This isn't something that is just for a while as brotherly love. It needs to continue. And it's the same verse 3. Some brothers and sisters were put in prison because they were Christians. They were put into jail because they were Christians. Some were mistreated while they were in prison. Remember Paul in Philippi. We studied this a year or a year and a half ago. We talked about Paul and Silas in Philippi who, because they were talking about Jesus, were mistreated. They were beaten in public, kind of on the area where they sit. 
and then were sitting in the stocks in the jail in the area that had just been beaten badly. In jail, simply because they were followers of Jesus. And what were they doing? They were singing. Peter's put in jail in the early part of Acts. And the brothers and sisters are gathered together praying to God that there's some way Peter can be brought back to them. They were remembering people who were in jail or prison. Even today, we cannot forget. We must remember those who were sick. Recovering from illness, suffering illness, those who are suffering, those who are hurting, whether that's physical or in the loss of somebody close to them recently. If we are family, then we're family. Sounds like I said the same thing twice, doesn't it? I'd love to remember that. Are we just plain family? Are we just plain church? Visitors, never, never met you all before. But we're family. Isn't it great? You can go around and meet brothers you didn't know you had. You can meet sisters you had no idea who, what their names were. That's the beauty of God's family here on the earth because we've got family everywhere. We get to know one gathering of our family, one local group of our family better than we do others. We've got to act like family. Remember that example I gave of the, you know, the two brothers, right? Picking at each other, smacking at each other, whatever, or maybe walking to school. You know, brothers, my experience, maybe it was just me. Brothers often can annoy one another. But that disappears the moment somebody else comes in and starts trying to mess with my brother. Now there's two that are going to be trying to get this person to leave us alone because we're family. Back to 1 Peter chapter 1. It's a little later than uh, the 1 uh, Peter, rather, 2 Peter. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, by a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. If we have obeyed the truth, if we have responded to God's call to change ourselves, to change our minds, our hearts, by leaving our path of living for ourselves, by leaving hate and anger and all these qualities of the flesh behind and turning back to God, having purified our souls by dying to our old ways and being immersed in water as God commands us to be. We need to have a sincere brotherly love and have it be earnest, have it be intense from the heart. Right? Why are we to do this? Since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. God's love for us has made us his adopted children. God adopted us into his family. That has made us brothers and sisters. I'm going to repeat it again. God loves us. We should, we must love one another as brothers and sisters. The point of these passages really is this. The whole point to remember is this. There's a kind of religious devotion which separates people. 
people are more an annoyance. They're an intrusion. Don't come talking to me about your problem. I have to devote myself to prayer today. I'm focusing on studying God's word and meditation. I'm reading through this thousand page commentary. I don't have time for your problems today. Ordinary demands of human relationships between brothers and sisters can become a nuisance. Well, if you want to devote yourself to doing nothing but meditating, doing nothing but focusing on prayer, nothing but focusing on reading, you're going to have to find a convent somewhere, a monastery or a cave. God expects us to devote ourselves to prayer, pray without ceasing, to devote ourselves to the study of the word. But while we are out in the world, we are to be active. We are to be taking action to show our love for one another. What Peter's saying is there's something just terribly, terribly wrong with any religion, any teaching, which views the needs of others as a problem. Remember the parable Jesus gives talking about the day of judgment? He has people and he says, hey, brothers and sisters over here, you said you were brothers and sisters. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. And they're all like, we didn't see you. Jesus, honest, if we had seen you sitting over there, we'd have brought you some water. I mean, after all, you're Jesus. We would have done that. He says, you know, it isn't about me. But inasmuch as you didn't give water to some of these, my brothers, you didn't give it to me. Nowhere in that scene here of the day of judgment does Jesus say as much as you had read every Greek word in the New Testament and understood the different declensions and conjugations and all that kind of mess, whatever that is, then you're good. Come on in. It was all about loving people enough because God loves us to take action. You've got to become a member of God's family. You've got to know who Jesus is. You've got to know what it's all about. But it can't stay just on the inside. That's a real danger I think a lot of people face. And they don't know it. They're thinking, I checked my boxes today. I went to worship service today. I prayed today. I'm good for a week. And then they just think about themselves for the rest of the week. I don't see that on the Day of Judgment. If you see someone who's a brother or sister or somebody who ought to be a brother or sister, they just aren't yet. Show kindness to them. If they're thirsty, get them some water. If they're hungry, feed them. If they need shelter, do your best to help with that. If they need clothing, whatever they need, we're family. That's what it's all about. We should simply be kind to all. I want participation here. I want us all to repeat that first phrase. It's all of four words. You ready? Be kind to all. If I do that, I don't have to worry about missing people, do I? How about I simply have kindness be the way I approach my day each and every day? Is that going to hurt me? Is that going to put me behind? Is that going to be a problem? Why can't my default choice of action be kindness rather than what now? 
You know, if somebody needs something, it's a nuisance. Okay, fine. Let me stop what I'm doing. What now? How about, sure, what can I do for you? Here's a great question to ask. Somebody comes up, you're around somebody. How about we simply start trying to ask, what can I do to help? How can I help? I think that's a question Jesus likely would have said. I don't know if he did, but it sure fits. How can I help? And listen. The reason we're here today, the reason we should love one another is due to this one verse, at least right here, the basics in this one verse. John 3, 16. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. My question this morning to each of us here is, are you a member of God's family? Have you understood that God sent his son to die for the mistakes, the sins that you have made, that I have made? Do I understand that God wants me to turn around instead of walking away from God and start what may be a long path back to God, but I got to do that one step at a time? Do I understand, have I chosen to do what Jesus said to do, which is he who believes and is baptized will be saved to be buried in water, illustrate dying in my old ways so that when I'm raised up, God can breathe new life into me, forgiving all my sins. You can be a member of God's family if you're not. If you're a member of God's family, but, you know, I, I may not have been as kind to people as I should have been. I want to love people more, more openly, more genuinely, because I know God loves me, and I simply need to reflect my Father more every day. If you need that kind of change, we're happy to take your name to God in prayer. We all can use prayer anytime. If there's something with which we can help you, please, please, as we sing this next song, come forward and we'll gladly help. Let's stand and sing.